Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood, ch- childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Heather Gale. Heather is an embodiment facilitator and coach, spiritual guide, and author who has dedicated her life to helping individuals reconnect with their inner wisdom and innate power. Heather seamlessly weaves together ancient wisdom and modern techniques to offer a transformative approach that has touched the lives of countless individuals. Through her honest, compassionate guidance, clients have unlocked their potential, overcome challenges, and embarked on journeys of profound self-discovery. Hello, Heather. How are you this morning? Hey, Lori. I am great. Thank you for asking. I'm very excited to have you on board today because even just like from your intro through looking at your Instagram, you definitely have like very deep kind of like ancient and modern teachings. And I'm excited to kind of like learn a little bit about all of it today. (laughs) Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Well, I like to start these podcasts by asking, you know, how did you get into it? I feel like whenever we get on a journey of like helping others in this very specific way, there's always some context. So give me the backstory I need to know to why you help people in the way you do today. Yeah. So, I mean, I started out like not having a healthy relationship with my body. Like I believe a lot of women do. And I was really realizing, wow, like I, I need to love myself more. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) I realized, oh, and it was after a string of relationships that didn't work out. And I'm like, why are they not working out? Like, I feel like I'm this really great person. I'm so generous. I'm so kind. And it was because I didn't love myself. I'm like, oh, I have all of these body image issues. I have my worth tied to my physical appearance. And so I really needed to deconstruct that. And I found that a lot of the stuff that was out there was very surface level and kind of like, just accept yourself the way you are, love yourself. And it's like so much deeper than that. And, you know, it's not just mindset, spirituality, or the physical body or your energy, like it's all of it. Everything touches everything. And so I started out as what I called a holistic self-love coach. And then I realized, oh, people keep coming to me for body image insecurities. Well, let's get into that then. Yes. And from there, I, I tweaked, test, polished. I came up with a method um, to help people because I realized so, so much of the reason why we have body image issues that people don't really talk about is because we're so disconnected from our bodies. Mm. And so we become focused on the external so I'm like, wait, let's bring it back like to our body, to ourselves and to our present moment. And then start to unravel like all of the traumas and the limiting beliefs and all of that. Yeah. So it sounds like for you, your journey was definitely more body image related. And you notice that through the pattern that you were attracting in your relationships. And um, you've had people obviously come to you with that as well, but rather than the affirmations and stuff, it's like the deep kind of traumas that we have that cause um, these thought patterns and beliefs about ourselves. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, affirmations, they do help a lot of people. But if you don't believe what you're saying, it's not really going to help you. Yeah, that's like one of the key things with affirmations. They need to be believable. You can't just like as someone with $500 in their bank account start being like, I am a billionaire. I am a billionaire. There needs to be some sort of like bridge to it, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And really with affirmations, it's about the sensation. So like with money, for example, let's just go there. It's um, like money has the sensation of safety. So if you don't Mm. feel safe, then you're just going to repel money or you're just going to keep giving it away, keep spending. And you'll be like, why can't I hold it? Mm, That makes total sense. Yeah, because that is our safety and security. Can you describe like a little more about the surface level stuff that we're focusing on? So I think one of the biggest things that I see is people saying, love your body the way it is. And yes, absolutely. Love your body. You have one body. But Mm. if you're like, you know what? I feel like the weight that I'm at is not an aligned weight for me, then it's okay to love yourself and to want to change. That's what evolution is. Mm. But if we don't, we don't talk about that enough. It's like, just love yourself. I see like with body neutrality, don't look in the mirror. It's like, well, that's avoidant behavior though. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned that as well, because I guess as a trainer, I find it hard because on one hand, yes, love your body as it is. But then on the other hand, there is an optimal weight range. And if you love your body as you is, ah, but uh, maybe drinking a lot of alcohol, eating a lot of processed foods and not moving, like that's not optimal for like you being happy and healthy and energetic and full of life. So like even without the weight loss aspect, certain nutrition and movement is going to give you more energy so you can be your best self. Like just removing all of that. So this whole like love yourself as you are, I love the premise of it and love so many parts of it, but I do also think there's this toxic part to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and I mean, it's like the intent is so good, but it's, it's, and I mean, it's not to blame, shame or shade anybody, but like when you don't understand how the subconscious mind works, mm then like saying all of those things causes these toxic patterns because people say, well, I'm supposed to love myself, but I've never been taught how to love myself. But they tell me to love myself this way, but it's not working for me. Yes. Can you provide some examples of someone who might be stuck in that cycle or provide some examples of like what it looks like to have poor body image that might maybe give people listening some awareness of it? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the things, some of the key things are if you do check your appearance a lot and you're constantly saying like, oh, how do I look? And the body pinching, like the pinching of the extra fat and like, oh, you know, like if you look at your body and have this, oh, feeling, then there's usually some type of body image insecurities someone who has a healthy body image they'll look and if they're like oh you know what i'm 10 pounds away from my goal weight and they might go oh this is a little frustrating but you know what i can accept where i'm at right now Mm. so that's the goal the goal is to say hey this is frustrating but i can accept where i'm at and continuously work towards healthy habits is is that what you would say is an example of somebody who has like a better body image yeah, absolutely. Because it's okay if we want to change a few things, you know, mm. like I've had a weight loss journey as well. I'm one of those people that holds weight. I mean, emotional weight, like on my physical body. <laughs> mm. So I think I'm the same, yeah. to be honest. I feel like yeah. I hold stress weight, like mm. when something's unaligned and it's, it's so weird how like, as soon as that baggage is dropped. The weight just falls off easily because in my mind as a personal trainer, I want to be like, well, one pound equals 3,500 calories and calories in calories out important. But of course it's an oversimplification because, you know, hormones come into it as well. And like, I find I obviously I've started this podcast to talk about it, but I also just find it wild how like easy it is for weight to come off when you're less stressed or like there's less junk going on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, when I started doing chakra based meditations and like clearing out my energy centers, like the weight just started dropping off and I'm like, Mm. 
oh, this is what I've been holding on to. <laughs> yes, like you're literally holding on to your emotional baggage in the physical body. Tell me more about your method. I know you talk about it a lot in your book, like, and you kind of alluded to limiting beliefs, chakra meditation. So how does this kind of like ancient and modern stuff come together to become your best self? So in my method embodied expression what we start with there's three phases and i'll name the three phases and then kind of describe them so the first phase is safety and support mm -hmm. and the second phase is rebirth and the third phase is honor and sovereignty so with safety and support it's about coming back to our bodies. Like I said, most of us are kind of just like floating heads, walking around, like, let me absorb all this knowledge and focus on the outside world and our, my external appearance. Um, and so it's really about coming back to your body being like, oh, my body is a sanctuary. It's a safe haven. Like, it's okay for me to be here and really connect with that while also um, so that's like the root chakra stuff, getting really safe, but then also feeling supported by opening up. I mean, there's so much to say about having faith, whatever you believe in, whether you believe in chakras, God, universe, like whatever it is that you want to say, having faith helps us feel supported. It helps us feel guided. Like it helps us not feel lost. And so we kind of open up those channels a little bit as well as with the third eye, everyone says it's your vision and your dream and absolutely. But what a vision gives you is hope. It gives you direction. Mm. It gives you clarity. It gives you expansion. So we work on like getting, feeling safe and being in that expansive energy. Mm. And that kind of primes you for rebirth where we work with the sacral and the throat chakras so we get into the deep shadow work of clearing out the traumas, the limiting beliefs, like where did these body image insecurities come from? I mean, this method works whether or not you want to do body image, which is why it's so amazing. But um, like, where did all of these things come from? And then, and that's like the sacral chakra, the emotions, working with your emotions in a healthy way. And with the throat chakra, it's about your truth, your authenticity, your authentic self. So you're shedding the old layers and like coming more into yourself. Mm. And then with honor and sovereignty, it's really focusing on honoring and worshiping yourself, your life, really saying, you know what, this is my life. I choose it. I'm not going to give my power away. I'm going to, this is where like, I call it healthy discipline comes mm -hmm. in and it's like, okay, what are the things that are actually aligned with me and what I want to do? Let's have those habits, call it in and yeah, really just being the, I call it the co-collaborator of your life because mm. you're talking about the, you're a co-collaborator with the universe, God, right? And yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that you really work through the chakra system in a way that makes sense. And it's so funny, even without you explaining it, as you mentioned the three things like the safety and stability, rebirth, and then honor, honor system. Um, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, root chakra, sacral chakra, solar plexus. Like that's yeah. what it felt like. And just now <laughs> listening to all of that, I find it crazy how the chakra system is actually quite similar to Maslow's triangle. I'm just realizing mm -hmm. it right now. You think about so Maslow's triangle for folks who don't know, um, you may have studied it in just like high school psychology or college psychology. It's like, you need to have like yourself safety kind of met before you kind of move on to your relationships and eventually get to that self-actualization, which is like the privilege of being able to like be whoever you want. And it's so funny going through your system, which is like the more spiritual um, kind of centers like the energy centers of your body um how like there's this modern end kind of you know I studied yoga so the chakra systems have been worked with for thousands of years <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah definitely um and I mean what I do too is like one of the things that I find so fascinating what I was studying you know just 
studying in general, because that's how I am, um, the like nervous system work that we talk about, the science-based stuff, a lot of it actually correlates with the chakra work that we do. Mm. But it's, the nervous system focuses on the body and the mind and the chakras focus more on the soul and energy. Mm. So they all kind of play into each other. Yeah, exactly. That's so interesting. When you were talking about the honor work, you said something about like healthy discipline. Mm-hmm. So what does healthy discipline look like to an individual? Um, like when like working towards their, whatever their dream is. So I think one of the biggest myths that we have about discipline is that if we're not doing the things we say we do, we don't have discipline. Mm. Uh, because I believe there's healthy discipline and unhealthy discipline. Like you are as disciplined in your unhealthy habits as you are in your healthy habits. Cause they're all just practices, patterns, behaviors. Mm. And so one of the things that I do is I have, I have my clients create a schedule. So first we go through their core values. What are your five core values? And then it's like, okay, how do you want your day to look? based off of your core values and each thing, each activity that you do, how does it reflect a core value? So for example, one of my core values is devotion. So for me, when I exercise, I'm a Pilates person. (laughs) Hey, fun fact, I've never done Pilates, but I, my first job was a gymnast coach. So I, reckon that I might like it. <laughs> it's 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 really good. I'm actually a certified Matt Pilates instructor. <laughs> I love that. Sorry to disrupt your whole, no, whole line fine. of things, but uh, that's always a fun fact that people are surprised by. They're like, really? You haven't tried Pilates before? I'm like, no, never. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um we're on so, core values. <laughs> yes, core values. Thank you. So one of my core values is devotion. And I mean, there's sub values that go underneath that, like faith and worship and all these different things. Well, when I do my workouts, I am like embodying my core value of devotion because I'm devoted to me. I'm devoted to my health. Mm, Yeah. I found understanding my core values personally game changing game changing Mm -hmm. for all of the choices I made but it took me like going to a cognitive behavioral therapist and a few sessions to really figure it out and then figure out what that meant in your process or like if for someone listening like how do you think they would begin to figure out what their core values are oh it's so great so there I mean you can find lists online so I think the most comprehensive list is um, Brene Brown's. Mm. I think you just look up core values, Brene Brown, and on her website, she'll have the whole list and the way that I do it. So like when I'm working with my clients by this point, their intuition is on, it's on point, like they got it. And so I have them go through and I'm like, whichever words, or sometimes they're phrases, but like whichever words stick out to you the most, write it down on a piece of paper. And then what I do is, okay. So like a lot of people, they might have like 15, right? Mm. So it's like, Like yeah, exactly. (laughs) At the time. (laughs) Exactly. And so I go, okay. So kind of go through and look through them and see, all right, which of these actually could go under another value? Mm. And then from there, you figure out what your core values are. I like to stick with five, but I mean, five to seven, I say is pretty good, but five seems like a really good number for people. Yeah, I I did five as well. And um, for me, I grouped them together. So that makes total sense. And then figure out which one the parent one is. And um, freedom is just huge for me. Like freedom. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, there was like curiosity in there, adventure, like, and it's like freedom, freedom of the mind, freedom of the body, freedom of the soul. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also really good. Like how, kind of how you can help figure out what your parent one is, is Mm. it 
whichever one has the strongest why. Yeah. And then you can kind of go, oh, okay. Like for me, safety is so important. Mm. And because I felt unsafe for so long and I've learned the value of safety. So I'm like, okay, safety is like my core value. Even when I was, I used to work as a preschool teacher. When I was working in preschool, my number one priority was safety. Are the kids physically safe, emotionally safe, mentally safe? Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The goal-getting journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the goal-getting journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HFPODCAST at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Yes. Oh my goodness. Are you into like astrology or human design or anything like that? Like I am. To what, what you do? I've you dabbled. dabbled. I'm not an <laughs> expert, but I've dabbled. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Are you like a lot of water energy or or earth energy? Actually, yeah. Well, it's funny. So my sun sign is a Sagittarius. Mm. Like when you go like deeper into my chart, I actually have even amounts of air and water. So it's like combining the intellectual and the emotional. <laughs> oh my goodness. You and I are so similar. So my my sun is Libra, my moon is Gemini, my rising is Gemini, so all air. But then once we yeah, get to I, the inner- My moon's Gemini. <laughs> hey, there we go. We're chatting on a podcast. But then once you get into the inner planet, planets, it's Scorpio, Scorpio, Cancer. So I'm equal air and equal water as well. It's a battle in the mind. <laughs> oh, I get that. Like <laughs> the, the Mercury and Scorpio thing is so, I have that. It's so yeah, real. Because <laughs> you're like, you combine like emotions with intellect and people don't quite get it. And you're like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and it's a constant battle inside of yourself because you're like emotionally, here's the answer. But logically, here's the answer. And oh, then it's yeah. like, also, logically, I know I should be getting into my body rather than being in my head. <laughs> it's like, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then like the moon sign is your emotions. And so there's the intellect there for me. My uh. Venus is in Aquarius. So oh. it's like the relationships is in like an intellectual sign. So it's. <laughs> yes, that would be. I mean, I would. I'm pretty sure my fiance, his, he's an Aquarius Venus. Yeah. Oh. Which I love. Not yeah. compatible. Like a lot of squares between us because my Venus is in Scorpio. So mm. I am so glad that men typically, this is a generalization men typically aren't into astrology in the way that women typically are because they'd look at my chart and be like, she's batshit crazy. So, it's, like, it's like all that Gemini and Scorpio. Nope. Oh my God. Yeah. And my brother has um, Gemini and Scorpio too. And yeah, uh, he, he's a wild one. It's good, but he's a wild one. Hence the freedom, hence the freedom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. But in all seriousness, this is just like another tool for people to analyze themselves. And mm -hmm. I really, I'm curious about, you mentioned by the time that people get to the core value work, their, their intuition is quite tapped in. Um, I personally think intuition is really important and we're so much in our heads um, that it's hard to get in there. So in such a busy lifestyle, how do you get people to kind of get into their intuition a bit more? So the interesting thing is most people have emotional 
intuition. Mm. I can't remember. It's like over, especially women. Oh my gosh. Like women, they, we all have different intuitive gifts. Like there's four main different types of intuition. There's claircognizance, which is just the knowing like, oh, I know that this is gonna, not in like a paranoid way, right? But in like a, oh, I know that there's something not right about this. Or I know I need to go left instead of right. And I don't know why. And mm-hmm. which is like one of the hardest ones because there's no like proof to back anything up. Yes. <laughs> you have to trust. <laughs> That's one of mine. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's it's challenging. And then there's Claire uh, audience where like you can hear voices, not like you're crazy, but like you'll hear a voice like stop. Don't go there. Or wow that would be wild (laughs) it's so like it's so wild and then there's claire oh my god clairvoyance i almost forgot what it was called (laughs) the main main one we hear about clairvoyance (laughs) where you'll see like images but they a lot of the time the images won't be exactly what's going to happen it'll be symbolic of something Like I know someone who she did a visualization and the only thing that she saw during the visualization was texture. And she was like, what does that mean? I'm like, I guess that means you need to start exploring different textures and touch and there's something in it, maybe taste and the texture of food. Like there's, there's something in there. I don't know. It's up for you. And the other, like the fourth one, which is the most common is clairsentience. Mm-hmm. And this is the emotional based one. And oh, we yeah. feel it like in our bodies. Mm. And so, so many women are cut off from their intuition because they're cut off from their physical bodies and like mm. being in the present moment. And so when we start to connect more to our body and we start to work with our emotions and recognize them as what they are, which is messengers, like they're not here to hurt us. They're not going to consume us. And we just work through the wave of that. Then our intuition starts to come more online. We start to figure out what's a yes and what's a no. And Mm. As I, I wish I could be like, it's so hard when you're general because people have very specific intuitive types. Like me, I'm mostly the claircognizance, the knowing and the sentience. Yeah. But like when, you know, when I'm receiving like messages from the divine, getting spiritual here, like I hear voices. Mm. But my intuition doesn't talk to me like that unless I specifically ask it to. <laughs> Yes. I've always found clairvoyance so interesting. I believe in it, but I also believe there's probably a lot of people out there capitalizing on it. Um, And the only reason I do believe in it is because I've seen a lady twice in New Zealand and she, um, she has a wait list for like a year and a half. If I booked now, I'd be seeing her in 2025. And she just like knows stuff about my family that I don't know and I need to ask grandparents for validation like and she's just so tapped in but what you're saying just now is like we all have that gift inside of us like in some sort of way Um, and it sounds like one thing that you could do is like just follow that the small things like oh I think I should turn left like follow that and see where it takes you and maybe that's kind of one way that you can start kind of tapping into it Yeah. So a lot of people will ask what, like, how do I know if it's my intuition talking to me or like my past self or my fear and your intuition will, it will feel, even if the answer is a no, it will feel calm. It'll feel authoritative because our intuition, like the answer is black and white, but it doesn't really have, it's neutral. Mm, Like it doesn't really have on it. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, I think I should go left. It's like, go left. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, no, that's so good. And even with big stuff, like when you know you're on a date with somebody 
and they tick all the boxes and your mind wants to say yes, like, you know, intuitively. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a no. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, mm, I'm not going to go on a second date with you. No. Yeah. <laughs> you referred to women intuition. It made me think of, I watched like, um, the world's toughest prisons and this prison like isn't actually that tough it it was in um cyprus and they had this like woman director come in and treat everyone like um humans so they used to like beat up these prisoners it was like a real harsh kind of prison and the reoffending rate was like over 50 percent. and then once she put this new regime in and like the guards hug the prisoners like there's like there's face-to-face circles but it's like really treating each other as humans and all those either spiritual or even, you know, religious aspects. Um, I find the yamas and niyamas really um, similar to the 10 commandments in the Bible. And it's for me, like that was an example of feminine energy just expressed and people felt free and safe, even in a prison. And I don't know, that's just a random story, but I'm just really curious to understand more about like, women intuition and feminine energy and um, kind of tapping into that a bit more. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, this might be kind of controversial, but a lot of women, they say, oh, I'm like, I need to tap more into my feminine energy and they might be hyper-masculized for sure. But if you're born a woman in a female body, then you don't need to tap into your feminine energy more. What you actually needs to happen is to heal the wounded masculine that's within you Mm. because we all have feminine and masculine energy within us. It's um, the universal law is the law of gender. Everything has feminine and masculine energy within it. And so healing those parts of you where you've become hyper-masculized, you don't trust the masculine, like that will help you tap more into your feminine energy. And right. I mean, I, yeah, I went like full in, like, I always believe like, if you're a coach, you need to work with a coach because mm-hmm. you need to be held as well. And I realized, wow, like I have some issues with the masculine like my inner masculine. And I mean, yes, we have external examples which cause internal stuff to go on, but then like it goes back out into our external world. And I only worked with male coaches for like a year because I'm like, I need to feel safe and nurtured and trust the masculine. And as that happened, more of my intuition came online, I started feeling safer. I actually had more healthy discipline because our masculine energy is responsible for us getting things done. Mm. Yeah. So for you, your example of healing your wounded masculine was by allowing yourself to be held by men in, in a more like coaching format. And I actually think that's a really smart way of going to heal the wounded masculine. What are some other ways that people can heal their wounded masculine? Yeah, it's being vulnerable. Like even if it's with a friend, allowing yourself to cry and telling them what you need. So for example, I mean, everybody needs different ways to be comforted. But for me, like I'm not the person where you say like, oh, it's going to be okay, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm like, I need to fully go through it and feel it and cry it out. And that right there is so powerful. Like going to a male friend and saying, hey, I just need you to listen. I don't need you to fix my problem. If I start crying, all I need is for you to hold me. Mm. And like feeling that physical safety in that moment can also really help. You can do this with like a brother, a partner, like what a cousin, you know, take your pick. Yeah. It is hard to kind of get that experience from a man. If I think about like the men in my life, apart from my fiance, which he's just awesome at this sort of stuff. But 
my previous experience with men was like always trying to fix the problem, not much patience to see you cry. Um, for people that don't have this experience, awesome. But like just with my familial relationships and with my ex-boyfriends, it was definitely more like, all right, let's try to fix the problem. And then like frustration if you're like, no, I just want to cry. Yeah. Um, so I can imagine it being quite difficult to kind of get that experience from a guy. The thing is, so I mean, society is very imbalanced, but that's kind of where you need to come in and say, this is exactly what I want because mm. masculine energy is actually devoted to the desires of the feminine. Yeah. And so if you say, this is what I need from you, then like their masculine is going to step up and say, yes, I will provide that for you. Mm. That makes total sense because I think a lot of women who are successful, they don't need a man for anything. Like they can pay their own bills. They can cook their own food. Like they've got it all together. A lot of people say that's like intimidating, but really I feel like men just need to know like how they can add value and something that's really helped me in my life when it comes to masculine energy is like, and it sounds so basic, but letting men do stuff for me, yes, like, not feeling like I have to do it all. And like, and it's taken a long time with my current man, just being comfortable, chilling on the couch and letting him cook all the dinner and him do all the dishes because he genuinely wants to do it rather than feeling guilty and feeling like I need to step in. And that has been a game changer for me, just like letting men care for you. Yes. Yeah. Because we like get taught that we can't trust men. Mm. So many examples, but how you start trusting a man is by letting him take care of you, letting yeah. him care for you. The amount of times I've gone through my head, like they've got this like Roman empire, like, like how often do you think about the Roman empire to men at the moment? And they're like, I wonder what the girl version is. It's like, um, figuring out how you're going to get out of something. If you're going to get assaulted, like, that's what I think on a weekly basis. I'm like, all right, so we're going to do a jab. We're going to do a kick. We're going to like, <laughs> like, I think about that sort of stuff rather than just trusting. I feel like that's a female version of the Roman empire, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had those thoughts of like, you know, because you get, you're like, oh, someone's walking behind me. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, okay. Well, if they try to like attack me, oh, I have my keys. I can put them between my knuckles and like, okay, we're going to be good. <laughs> exactly. And that's an example of not trusting men. We are mm -hmm. coming to a close here. So I really want to learn more about your book, Embodied Expression. Um, So tell me more about like, stuff that you want to share that's in that book that we haven't talked about today? Oh, yeah. So I talk a little bit about my journey in the beginning of how I got into the work. And um, so, so many people that have read it, they've told me like, wow, like the first page just where you talk about it, and I'll just like quote it super quick, because I actually have it in front of me. But, um, yeah, so basically like I saw how I really got into the work was I saw this video from a life coach mm. and who I'm like still in spaces with, cause he's amazing. And so he was talking about like how he thought his ex broke his heart, but in actuality, she broke the wall that he had placed around his heart. And so Ooh. once that wall was broken, he was able to receive his wife. And so like, this is the line that people love the most. Um, but because I say, how can I love myself at the beginning? Right. And I say, but more importantly, I had my answer. It wasn't about loving myself more. It was about breaking the wall around my heart. So my love was no longer trapped inside me. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. 
I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Wow. That, yeah, I think there's like this... I've seen and heard friends and people on the internet get upset. They're like, why are they treating this next person all of the ways that I wanted to be treated? A, mm -hmm. it's none of your business and you're not in control of it, but mm -hmm. you may have needed to be that person to break down their walls and equally reflect on yourself. And are you breaking down your walls or are you building a bigger wall? Um, that's really like, there's so many different ways one person could interpret that page. Yeah. And I mean, and for me, I was like, oh, what if I already do love myself? And it's more about breaking free mm. versus like trying to add more. And I think that's what we do. We're like more, 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 more. And so the book, like at its core, it's really about, I mean, the subtitle is a guide to creating your inner sanctuary while reviving your authentic self. Like it's mm. just, it's about becoming more you. Yes. Yeah. You can't, if you want to get a new bed, you can't put your bed on top of your, cause I'm in my bedroom. I'm looking at my bed. You can't <laughs> put another bed on top of your bed. You have to get rid of the old bed to get the new bed. Like, yeah. so you can't always be adding more and more and more. <laughs> you need to break free. Exactly. And sometimes you need to like, so many of us have built our lives on shaky foundations. Mm. And so it's like, okay, like the people that come to me, I'm all, Hey, there are things that you're doing that's working and that's great. But a lot, we're going to have to tear down like everything. Like we got to tear it down to the studs and like, Let's really start this off from a new, like, forget the old foundation. Let's just move into a new house with, you know, a new foundation, good bones, all of that. <laughs> yeah. And define what's working. Because if let's just say you are extremely fit and healthy, but you've got body dysmorphia because of that, you don't have a great career, your relationships are not that great. I'm a big believer in like how you do one thing in your life is how you do everything in your life. So even with that thing that's working from what foundation is that working? And is that what you truly want for yourself? Exactly. Yeah. Like for me, when it came to fitness, yeah. I mean, I did like the, I was doing yoga every day, like five, five of those days was vinyasa. I also <laughs> did ashtanga and like, it wasn't, like, yeah, I had like the yoga bod, but oh <laughs> my God, I was so burnt out. And then there's a whole story of why I switched to Pilates. But one of the things that I love about it is like the way that they do the breath work in Pilates, it like lowers my cortisol. And I just feel so like, <laughs> you know? mm. and I had to rebuild like my fitness foundation completely. Yeah, I bet. And I think what people don't realize about yoga as well is like 
it's actually not that hard to become a yoga teacher. It's a 200 hour, a 200 hour course, but the different yoga that I've experienced in Australia, New Zealand, and the US and Canada has all been so varied. And for me, it's about finding the right teacher that I want to learn from because, but if you're new to it, um, Oh, and there's a whole, like, I, I can't stand teachers that touch my body without my consent. It's like, no, you've got to ask first. Like, there's just so many principles that I guess, like, I don't mean to sound pretentious, but that I learned in India about yoga because I studied in Rishikesh that I don't see translated over here. And it really, like, grinds my gears sometimes mm. <laughs> um, because it's actually, I'm not sure about Pilates, but it's like, it's not that hard to become a yoga teacher. It's not that hard to be a personal trainer, to be honest, and it should be harder. Um, and when you're dealing with the foundation of people's fitness, A, there's that internal kind of thing that you need to be aware of yourself and what foundation you're building, but also the mentors you're choosing is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've actually talked to um, another yoga teacher and in her training, they actually had a Pilates instructor come in to talk about the anatomy of mm. Pilates. And she's like, I realized that people don't get anatomy training. Mm. And we did in India, but it was so surface level. Like it was um, like, and you kind of have to trust everything that teachers saying, even like going from like a closed hip to an open hip. And they say, oh, that's really bad. Never do that. But actually biomechanically, and because I studied science at university, our body can handle that. There just needs yeah. to be some like, and the amount of chaturangas you do is actually so much for your shoulders. Um, oh anyways, gosh, yes. I could get on a rant about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you do this now chaturanga. It's like, uh, excuse you. It's like, yeah. Cause I actually, well, I had torn my rotator cuff and I really? couldn't, I couldn't do yoga. I, I, it was a work injury, but I couldn't do yoga anymore. And because the chaturangas were killing me. Mm. And it was, it seemed like after every like three asanas, chaturanga, and I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And there was a Pilates instructor working at the physical therapist's office. And one thing led to another. I started doing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Because so Pilates also works the micro muscles. Mm. So, which is like, I needed to strengthen the micro muscles and not stabilizes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. The best thing about being a yoga teacher though, is that when I, and hopefully people listening to this do realize is if you do love yoga, don't want to switch to Pilates. Um, it literally people like it's, everything's a suggestion you can yeah. skip chaturangas you don't have to go from chaturanga to up dog you can just go to cobra the whole class if you want like and i guess like once you do you do your teacher training you've got this confidence that even if a teacher which a teacher's never told me what to what to do really apart from the touching without consent which i just would never go back to that teacher um but yeah it's you you like it is just a suggestion. If your shoulders are sore, don't do another chaturanga during that yeah. class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, with Pilates too, cause it's like, they always give modifications. Like mm. I, I don't, I've like with yoga and with Pilates, there have been teachers that don't give modifications. And I'm like, why aren't you giving a modification? Like that doesn't make yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I also did bar instructing class, like got a few things up my belt and that's one of the things if then, if your shoulders hurt, then do this. If mm -hmm. you're feeling strong, do this, then do this. It's like, I feel like modifications are something that especially hard postures like crow or something like oh, if yeah. you're not comfortable, then stay in Malasana or something. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've gone to a lot of the classes. I do a lot of stuff at home now because I found a fitness app that I just absolutely love. But mm. um, like when I was going to classes, you know, pre-COVID, uh, like there were some teachers where they didn't ask beforehand, is there anyone that has any injuries? Which I'm like, 
I thought that was so weird. I'm like, wait, I thought every teacher instructor asked if there's anyone with injuries. Mm. This is weird. (laughs) Yeah. They don't care about getting sued, obviously. It's 101. That's why you got insurance as an instructor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I've really enjoyed just chatting to you today, Heather. Is there any piece of wisdom that, you know, we haven't spoken about that you'd like to leave the listeners with today? I guess, um, yeah, I'm going to go back to one of my core values, like safety, like ask yourself to one of the things that I love to do is just sit like cross-legged and call in the sensation of safety. And Mm. yeah, so that, I mean, if anything, like try, try that, bring in this sensation of safety and see how it feels in your body and just breathe into it like allow it to be in your body and because I mean safety is just so important and I feel like it's so underrated (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's a foundation from which we can grow from Mm -hmm. exactly you got to root down to rise up that's a good one. You do need to root down to rise up. Yeah, that's so true. Um, where I'm sure lots of people are interested in learning more about you. So how can we get in touch with you and how can we buy your book? All right. So my book, Embodied Expression, is on Amazon, available for purchase. And you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at I am Heather Gale, spelled G-A-L-E, and I answer my DMs myself. So <laughs> you will be talking to me and not a robot or an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I answer any and all questions. I sometimes like it takes me a day or two to get back because Instagram files things really weird, but I will get back to you. I promise. <laughs> That's awesome. No, definitely. And you should check out Heather's Instagram page. I do love the note about your spelling because my grandma is a Gale and there's three different ways of spelling Gale. There's mm-hmm. G-A-I-L, G-A-Y-L-E, and then G-A-L-E. She's the G-A-L-E too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there's four. There's G-A-E-L. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that like Irish spelling? I think so. There's a there. Well, there's a college near where I live and their mascot is the Gales and it's spelled G-A-E-L. Wow. Jeez, the more you know. It's been an absolute pleasure, Heather, having you here today. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. No worries. And for everyone listening at home, whether you're cleaning the house, driving the car or just chilling out, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining. 